Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today we're dealing with the Australian film Two Fists, One Heart. It's the um, feature film debut for Jess Murray, who was unpacked to the rafters and is now in Magic City. And uh, it's an Australian financed film that, I mean, it's, it's the first one we've talked about on Pod Me If You Can that's all Australian financing, because Triangle was shot in Australia, but I think it was a co-production with the UK. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a UK co- and American as well, I think. Yeah, it had a British director, but Mm. um, this one, we're going to get straight into it. It was on TV uh, for the first time, made a TV debut Christmas Eve 2012, so um, I'm pretty sure you've seen it since then, Lloyd? Yeah, I have. Um, I I, I don't know how many of our listeners um, have... Uh, I've seen this film, like, it had a bit of promotion, I remember seeing a bit of it on TV, so I hope we don't spoil anything for anyone, like, um, uh, if, if you haven't seen this, <laughs> but you should check it out just to support the industry. Yeah, you should be aware that we're going to be talking about this, having seen the film, so, um, spoilers are plenty, as always on Pod Me if you can, yep. every one of our episodes. Yeah, but the budget on this one, we were just talking about this, Lloyd, um, the budget was eight and a half million yeah apparently. it didn't look like an eight million dollar film sean sean seat was the director um ray fazio uh, it's sort of based on some of his life so um you know he was a boxer and i'm getting the impression that many elements of his life have gone into this film he played nico the uh the guy from like the prison detention kind of guy who yep. got released. And I, then- I actually thought he was the best part of this film. Um, not to put the film down heavily, but, um, I, you know, his acting wasn't that great, but he looked, l- like, really authentic. Like, the moment you saw him, you knew he, this was a guy who's who's been through the rings. He's, like, he just had that face. He had the marks on his skin, and he just gave off this impression. Like, yeah, he's obviously a guy who's been through really tough areas and stuff like that so I thought it was a good choice casting him and a great part about this film was the choreography of the boxing I thought this mm. was real I was really impressed with it like even there's a film that was starring two really good solid actors um called oh my gosh I can't believe I'm forgetting it's the one with um Warrior uh Warrior is it the, the one we did on the podcast I don't no no not Warrior it's uh, sorry it's a boxing movie and it's starring uh, the Batman actor Christian Bale oh the fighter the fighter oh my gosh I can't believe I forgot that title um, and the boxing choreography in that film is terrible like because uh, um, I'm obviously a big boxing fan and I've that's seen... part of the reason that I actually picked this film because I was, I was sure you were going to have an opinion on that yeah no yeah no, I, I definitely do and I was really impressed with this one the whole time I was thinking oh I can't wait to get to the boxing fight let's see what it's got and I was really impressed the boxing choreography in this film is really good it looked like an authentic boxing fight I still reckon the best one is Daniel Day-Lewis in The Boxer. Um, I think that's a hands-down. Like, I have so much respect for Daniel Day-Lewis. He just looked like a guy who'd been boxing for a long time. And mm. one of the worst ones I've seen was um, probably The Fighter and um, there's a movie with Denzel Washington where he played The Hurricane. It might just yeah, be it's called, called The Hurricane. It might be yeah. just, yeah, The Hurricane. Okay, and that, <laughs> that was terrible. I was like, oh, okay. It's like Daniel... Oh, well, the hur- the yeah. hurricane wasn't really about boxing it was about no. his struggle and in yes. prison and stuff but so. the brief boxing scenes you did see it was just like yeah. oh okay did it's like they got a kung fu director in like yeah yeah that's that's how they fight you know and the punches <laughs> are missing and stuff like that but I, I was really impressed with this film um with the boxing it was okay. great 
Well, I mean, if Ray Fazio is a boxer, right? Yes. So it's, it makes sense that he looks authentic. Um, his acting is very solid too. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, and so I mean, if he's like it's about his life, you know, then he's going to be there to be like uh, because he is a boxer. What do you call it? He's the um, choreographer. Yeah, you know, kind of like yeah, making sure it's authentic on yes. set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, look, let's jump straight into the lead. So Daniel Amam, yep, which I think is how you pronounce it. I apologize if it isn't. <laughs> um, former home and away guy who uh, you know moved into big screen acting here. yeah this I, is two th- he's 2008 been, yeah he's, he's gone from home and away for a long time and i think he had a brief singing career um really yeah i'm positive he came out with a pop song called with classical uh, rendition of classical gas i just remember that from the 90s and okay. uh yeah he's been away from home and away for a long time but i don't recall if he's been in feature films like that much um mm. yeah so this is his first major work that i've seen um on a major film mm. yeah I liked how his his name, his character name's Anthony Argo, you know, and what if they'd called this film Argo? (laughs) (laughs) You know, just come out in 2008, just Argo. Ben Affleck would have been fighting furiously. (laughs) Well, no, this this just would have been the original Argo. Yeah, I guess, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mentioned I'm a big fan of Jess Murray, Australian actress, packed to the rafters, and has gone on to do Magic City, Um, and Tim Minchin... He's um, the guy who plays the brother of Jess Murray and the housemate, the singer. Yep. He's gone on to do Californication. He's going to be on Californication next season with David Duchovny. Oh, okay. So have you seen... Uh, how is the magic... What's the show um, she's in? Magic City. Is, yeah. she, is she doing well in that one? She is kind of the femme fatale. She is... Um, how should I put this? Naked a lot. Oh, right. Lots of nudity. Yeah, which is a big departure from her Pack to the Rafters character, really, because that seems that's like a family-friendly show. With some of the um, Australian stars, when they go over to America, they seem to be doing nude a lot. Like, I, I do remember the actress from Home and Away. I think you played the girlfriend of da- Daniel Amar... Uh, Amam? Amam. <laughs> We're going to struggle to say that through the whole <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, J- Melissa George, when she went over to... Um, uh, America, States. yeah, she yeah. was just nude for a lot of the films, um, namely, I think, uh, Dark City. I think that was a feature film debut in America. Oh, uh, what's yeah. it called? Um, yeah, yeah, I remember Dark City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't recall if she was nude, but if you say so, yeah, I'm pretty sure she just played a, uh, a really small part, like as a prostitute, and she just okay. gets naked in that. Yeah, so it seems like a common thing with the with Australians go over. Do you think that the lead in this movie looked a little like Anthony Mundine? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, Mundine's got a much rougher face, and you know, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had a little bit of an Anthony Mundine look, which I guess makes him more authentic sure. in terms of film. Yeah, um, but straight away he wins his first fight in the opening few minutes. Yep, and he wins the Perth amateur titles. I guess yep. is it? Yep. That's yeah, right. like straight away. So straight away he's at the top. And then it's about his struggle. And look, just to jump to the end for a second, he retires when he wins at the end. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I had to Google, because I'm a big boxing fan, but I'm not, uh, f- uh, I don't follow much Australian 
um, boxers, well, because quite frankly, they're not world ranked. I don't, I don't think a, a Australian boxer's been in the top twenty pound for pound list for like since Costa Zoo. Um, so I had to Google Ray Fazio and Two Fists One Heart and read up on it, and I could not find any videos of any fights. <laughs> I could not find any boxing history. It's like he's never been at a world class level. So I think it's a very like I don't know. The film gave off the impression that this was a big. Um, a champion uh, yeah this was a champion of Australian athletic uh, of Australian sports you know and I don't think he was I think he was a, an up and comer guy and just never quite made it but the film gave off the impression that he like this was broadcast on on pay-per-view this was you know and all it might have been but as far mm. as boxing terms go it, it didn't even make a dent on in boxing history or anything like that like it's never got i don't think it ever went up there to the floyd mayweather or pay-per-view statuses of hbo or anything like that yeah hey um just to get sidetracked for a second if somebody made a movie about your life and they said who do you want to play lloyd hughes oh <laughs> that's a good question i've got no idea <laughs> Well, have you thought of that? Um, the age is wrong, but like I've always thought, an older version of myself, I could see like John Cusack playing it. Oh right, because I really like High Fidelity and I really like how he is in that. But I have no idea who would play a younger version of me. You know that he- guy in Knocked Up. Uh, Seth Rogen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For some reason, I'm just picturing him. <laughs> yeah. I suppose if he sat around doing podcasts, that's <laughs> that's what's been notable. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not the first time I've heard that, unfortunately. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just hit me just then, instantly, when I just thought when you just mentioned actors playing his, yourself, yeah. But no, <laughs> I've, I've never given a thought to, about that for myself, actually. No. If if listeners want to have a look at our photos and just sort of throw in some suggestions. I can't think right now who would play Lloyd, but um, I'd go Marshall Mathers for yourself. Yeah, yeah, from Eight Mile. <laughs> Eminem. <laughs> okay, yeah, not at all. But <laughs> um, how did you find like uh, the out of the ring fights? So he goes, he's a mediator for his buddy, and he goes over to see the guy with the car. They're going to take the car, and he winds up fighting the really massive guy. Yeah, no, that smashed through a window. He's choked. He's. Um, he hits him with a barrel and they take the car and there's a nice little sort of car stunt where there's drifting before they leave yep yep I sort of I find stuff like that you know unconvincing where they have those out of the ring fights and they always seem like they should be more of a brawl where two people just kind of yeah well fighting is very clumsy I think the best fight scene ever put to film was from uh, Old Boy I think that's the best uh, scene put to film because it's not over the top choreography it's very clumsy um, and it's very realistic. That's the main thing about fights. I thought the uh, the club scenes in this, when they got yeah. into brief little brawls, like they weren't full fights like the like the one you mentioned at the beginning, but there were yeah. brief um, physical encounters. I thought they were pretty good. Um, but the main, the, yeah, yeah, the I know the I know the ones you mean. Yeah, they seemed a bit uh, unrealistic, but I, I thought I thought they did a pretty good job of that anyway. Compared to, as far as action sort of sequences go, I thought they did pretty good. It it, it shocked me a lot just to see that part of that of that subculture and how much interaction they have with violence it really did have that impression on me wow these are violent people or they live in violent uh, scenes like the main one i can think of is when the father comes up to this um uh, 
this really uh, uh, poor part of the community and he hits him over the head with a beer can because he's been yeah, abusing the guy his children. Who's abusing. Yeah, yeah, that that really hit me as well. Like I I don't know, maybe maybe it's because of the of the context it was in like that guy hit his kids and his wife and then he yeah. came up and just started smacking him with a beer can over his head. That really I was just very uncomfortable with that scene. Hmm. No, it was well shot and it made me think of you know how um when you're a boxer your hands are lethal weapons yeah and so if you do stuff like that you know that you can be charged outside of um you know uh, yeah. in a court of law like yeah that's you're right. considered to be you've got two weapons and stuff and so it's a sort of uneven fight it made me think if one of them had taken legal action um that would have been a horrible result absolutely, for them absolutely and that yeah. the, the dad surprisingly i mean he doesn't want to go back to prison he doesn't want anyone to get into troubles you know um it's a big thread for him that's where he got his tattoos and you know he had a bad streak and stuff but it, it's he's still got it you know yeah um yeah i thought the father's acting was really good i yeah. thought um yeah he, he's, he's one of the definitive uh, roles in this film no dad well cast Mm, definitely. Uh, I thought the photography was really good in this film. Like, uh, I thought Perth looked fantastic in it. Yeah, uh, the tourism board would have been very happy. Yeah, with this. <laughs> you'd think so. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So that's one of the main um, aspects of this film that that was really good. The Hugh Miller, um, who's the uh, cinematographer for this film, did a really good job. It looked looked um, like a dirty sort of film from the nineties, although it was shot in two thousand eight. 2009 yeah you know what this reminded me of a little bit was um two hands the gregor jordan film oh sure yeah yeah how he was working as a bouncer kind of he's got like some sort of um got a you know nightlife in a club and stuff going on and um when he runs to catch that ferry and by sort of serendipity meets jess murray's character kate Mm. it made me think of rose Byrne in two hands you know oh yeah um sort of she was the obviously the love interest in two hands for Heath Ledger and Rose Byrne went on to do damages and she's off in America being reasonably successful I mean she's doing very well yeah Troy Bridesmaids was huge yeah Yeah, Troy actually yeah Yeah. was was probably a biggest film yeah well I mean she was opposite Brad Pitt and I mean she's definitely very good at acting but I've got to feel like Eric Banner Brad Pitt Orlando Bloom took most of the budget here and they couldn't get like a <laughs> you know a high name actress at the time sure. I, would, I would have thought that probably helped her get that role yeah. but I mean I'm I'm not working in Hollywood so maybe she was just perfect for it um you want to talk about the relationship between Kate uh, and Anthony well I Anthony. think this film suffers from the screenplay I think the screenplay um is just I don't want to say by the numbers again because we say that like every week but it just falls into like I think because they invested a lot of money in this it just had the stench of the film board over it oh yeah you gotta have this, at this point you gotta have this relationship you gotta and I feel Ray Fazio's original script was heavily changed like I could see what a lot of what Ray Fazio was going for particularly this, what I liked although they didn't really do this well but was the contrast the relationship between the two leads one represented sort of like the underworld and it's a very violent subculture the other one the girl um oh jeez uh, Je- um Jessica Mar- how do you pronounce the name? Murray, but it's Murray. Kate. 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 Oh, okay, sure. Um, she represents a much more educated middle class. 
um, to it, and the, the and with a brother as well, you're getting a lot of dialogue between them over what's the right way to handle the you know poor situations. Does violence work? Um, you, you know what I mean? And he's like, you know, and old sayings which I've because I've hung out with boxers, I know they always say this. You know, when you whenever you say, um, well, violence doesn't solve anything. Well, what if he comes after your mum? What if he, what if something happens to your um sister? Are you going to defend mm. them then? You know, that's the old excuse of people who live in that sort of world that's always what they use as justification for violence sort of thing but they didn't do it well it just came across as too too forced like um do you think if um maybe the his sister or like uh, another character got seriously hurt that it would have i don't know i i don't i don't think one little one thing could have helped it i think just it just with the dialogue just seems so forced like for me they didn't come across as having any chemistry between them uh at all like it didn't seem like a couple who would go out i didn't believe them for a second that they were in love it just seemed like they had to be together due to circumstance i don't know she Mm. um jessica or kate never felt to me she never came across as comfortable as being with daniel Amame or anthony argo and anthony argo just never seemed comfortable being with her like it just felt like they just didn't gel and i think that's largely because not against the actors i think it's because of the screenplay all the dialogue was too forced the situations were too circumstantial i just felt like the film board really forced it into being a commercial film when it clearly wasn't let me um give you a good example of this um something i didn't like was their opening scene together they were studying um running to catch the ferry he makes it with this other girl she kind of passes out or whatever and he goes and protects kate from these two other jerks on the ferry and she says she's studying psychology she moved from london when she was five she gives up so much information about herself um you know this is everything about me you need to know he just keeps asking questions reminded me of that scene in the 40 year old virgin where steve carell just asks questions to elizabeth banks and she just finds him really interesting <laughs> yeah. when he he's like i literally didn't say anything it reminded me of that and then he walks her home which i feel like it might be a bit much for a stranger even though he saved her inverted commas it seems really naive sure. and then she's like i work at the mustang so you can find me again kind of thing basically you know yeah there's enough information there it was a lot of exposition yeah it was like um yeah, unfortunately, I could see the strings, see the exposition. Yeah, exactly. But like, uh, I don't know. I, I, although the film is credited, um, by, written by Ray Fazio, and Fazio, mm. and obviously this is his only screenplay, and it was probably, you know, when the script was given to them, it was probably very raw. And obviously, the um, when eight million dollars was given to this project, they would have gone through a schooled scriptwriter, and I don't think a good one. Um, and they didn't take that raw material. Uh, they took a lot of that raw material and just changed it into a commercial film as much as possible. It felt like Rocky. <laughs> it, it felt like a sort of smaller scale version of Rocky. Yeah, though. and Rocky's a great, great, great movie. And, you know, you're not going to top but you, it. But you can't never make a boxing movie again just because Rocky exists. Exactly, exactly. Like, I, I know every movie, if they ever try to do a boxing film, they got Rocky at the back of their heads. But, you know, you got to try to just use boxing as a, as environmental, you know, and then just tr- just focus on the characters, I guess. But, I don't know, they, they just Rocky-ized it too much. 
Yeah, I wanted to ask, who do you think we're meant to like in this film? Like, who are we rooting for? Who do we go for in Two Fists, One Heart? Did you find uh, Anthony Argo too unlikable? Yes, yes because he seemed, he seemed to have anger issues, and he was beating up the guy outside the club. You know, he was really aggressive about everything, and... Yeah, the, I don't know. the point they wanted to get across was that he had a short fuse. Um, yep. That that was that was obvious. I, I didn't even find um, Kate likable at all, um, or a brother. And I think that was just because of the script. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to like them, but just just some of their dialogue was just awful. Um, so you you didn't find like one person in this film you could. I, I want to like, say Ray Fazio was probably the best one. The main thing they stuffed up on was when the father took him in and he started getting mm-hmm. trained by the father, it seemed like he was thankful that, wow, somebody has accepted me, somebody's pouring their time, he's really given up his son to train me. And there was a scene when the father comes in to the Greek guy when he leaves to go to the Greek guy, because obviously the Greek guy can offer him more money, can offer yeah, him... Yeah, when Nico, Nico leaves to go work for the car sale, money guy and yeah that's right um, for him and yeah you know why not the Greek guy can offer you the girls can offer you the money can offer you the title shot Clint Eastwood did a similar thing in Million Dollar Baby where Clint e- at the very start of the film where he's training this boxer and the boxer ends up leaving uh, Clint Eastwood because he, Clint Eastwood won't give him the title shot he's too afraid to throw him in there with the wolves you know and mm. he ends up leaving and he's really apologetic he goes I'm sorry but I have to do this why didn't they do that in this film like it felt like the whole time Ray Fazio that wasn't him he wanted to thank the 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 father but uh, he just the, because of the screenplay he just came across more um, two dimensional more like nah I'm going with this guy I don't need you anymore but there was a brief moment where he looks away he can't meet his eyes he goes why yeah. are you going with him and he just looks away because you know he feels bad for it but instead of going more in that direction to give that character more dimensionality they they instead just turn it 2D like the, he just comes across as the typical villain oh now the story is clear he has to beat this guy you know just so 2D yeah. it's oh my god I, I about like you know part way through the film after we've introduced that guy and he sort of loses to him in his fight I said to my wife we were both watching the film together I said well he's going to fight that guy at the end yeah. yeah like you knew it was coming and do you think you know, Nico has like a seven year prison sentence for manslaughter and everyone's shit scared of him, right? Mm. And he just turns up on the construction yard, you know, like he he's out of prison. Yeah. Like isn't that a bit a bit unlikely? They sort of missed Uh, I don't know. There was probably some good reason for it, but yeah, it did seem a bit fast, didn't it? Like this movie did flop at the box office, um and I don't think it's praised a lot at all by um the people who like who who are around this film like uh who who this film is based on i i don't think it was very popular with that community um right. I, and i think it's because i think it started out as a good script a lot of raw talent was in there a lot of good stuff but they just changed it too heavily and it, it just was too ugly at the end of the film like it it just was too forced i think i'd be interested to see whether or not it's something he does again because you know they say write about what you know yes and um michael powell said to uh, martin scorsese if you want something original cultivate your backyard write about what you know and scorsese made mean streets and that was purely scorsese said yeah that's very autobiographical that's just my friends and that's what we do 
you know and Mean Streets is one of the great uh, American films of all time and I think this mm. film would have been great what I would like to see is a biography by Ray Fazio and it, him talking about his life because he seems like a really interesting person and uh, everything has gone by and I'd love to hear his opinions on you know if he liked the film or how much they changed of it if he's disappointed with certain aspects you know what I, what I would be interested to ask is what um how much of it is his life yes you know? how, i would love to ask that as well you're absolutely right how much of it is script how much is sort of um stretched and and you know whether or not there's some of nico in him whether or not there's more of anthony in him like yeah just where is the line blurring between fact and fiction i guess that's he, he's doing all right he did the condemned um before this with uh like it's a straight to video as far as i know action movie was uh, i think starring steve austin and that was a bit shot in australia and he's been oh, i've seen that at the video store yeah yeah he's, he was in that he played the italian um in that and um yeah and hopefully he'll get some work after this because he's got a great face for it and physically he looks fantastic so and I, I think I think acting is his strength. Like you're saying, there are weaknesses in the script, and yeah. I, I found it interesting. But like I said, there was parts of the script that, you know, felt a bit forced and a yeah, bit whatever. Ab- absolutely, and I and it showcased with the actors as well, just not being comfortable um, with it. I think a really bad scene for me was when the brother, when he was teaching the brother how to punch, and he was holding up the fist. And one of okay. the lines was the brother said, oh, we all got fathers, you know, it was just like, oh, we're going to go through this dialogue, you know, no mm. one ever talks like that. I don't know anyone who ever talks like that who goes, oh, we all have fathers, we just have to, you know, and that sort of thing. I, I it just it's so fake to me. What about the scene where the Mia, the girl, says, not Kate, the friend, I think, she says, uh, it's barbaric. It's like watching animals yeah. without boxing. I felt that it's was really, really I, forced as well. <laughs> I, I thought that was just to insert a women's point of view into the film. Exactly. This feels like a film that women will go, oh, a boxing film? I yeah. don't really want to watch that. But this this point of view, and also putting in Jess Murray, gives the women something to watch. Exactly. Yeah, unless they f- yeah. find the lead attractive, I was going to say. Exactly. Like, um, that's a really good point. It's as I said, I think the script had a lot of raw talent and it, it was a lot of that was trying to br- bring it in there was uh, his interaction with this middle class world who doesn't really understand the lower class world and what they have to deal with, with um, child abuse, um, you know, um, violence and how you, how, you, how you be a man and stand up to the tide in this world of cl- um, nightclubs and, um, you know, violent people, I guess, you know. Um, and, and she represents the middle class, probably the, the most common person who's, who should have seen this film at the box office. Because, you know, um, Kate, I guess, is supposed to be the vehicle where you see this world mm. through her eyes sort of thing, like, like the safe zone. Um, but yeah, just didn't come across well in the script. It was too forced. A lot of yeah, it was just too pretty. Some of the dialogue as well. <laughs> um, he uh, he mentions the dad mentions to the son, you know, whores with tattoos yeah, on their asses. Yeah, I, I was thinking of that scene as well. Yep. Mm. And I thought it was a little bit of a slutty move to probably show the dad the tattoo. Yeah, you got to be much more respectful, and I think that. Like, I, I, 
I think Looking for Alabrandi is one of the best Australian-Italian films. It's really interesting that we don't get many multicultural films. Like, we haven't seen a film of an, from Australia from the Asian point of view. Well, we got a, okay. It's predominantly an Anglo-middle-class thing, like with Home and Away and Neighbours and things like that. And um, so now we've seen some Italian films, but I think Looking for Alabrandi is the best one. This one should have shot a lot more of it, but I loved... I thought all the Italian sequences that we did have and when I say that that showcased a lot of the Italian culture particularly with the funeral um, the dad okay. carrying the thing um, yep. and of course the party um, how, how uh, the Italian family is very close to each other I thought that was good they should have f- probably focused a lot more on that mm. yeah I, I've mostly dated Australian girls Lloyd sure um, but as a Filipino, have you had any culture clashes like this? Has there been any? Oh, all the time. You know? um, yeah, uh, definitely. I'm, I'm half British, half Filipino. Um, so I've grown up with the both worlds. Um, well, I, my dad's Welsh and, um, and I've grown up, you know, my best friends are all Australian. But definitely there are huge differences with cultures and I could probably list hundreds of them. Um, but it would be really interesting. I, I, I reckon I could easily do a film... Um, that would showcase that interaction between, you know, the differences. I don't want to say it's a bad thing or a good thing, um, but mm-hmm. there are differences definitely with the um, uh, Filipino side, the British side, and the Australian side. That definitely, and it would be really interesting to see how all that interacts. I know Australians love to use Aboriginals um, in their films, like to focus on how that culture interacts, because Australia is very interested in how that's working. It's a very serious subject, like Samson Delilah and all that. But it would also be yeah. great to see something from the Asian side, to see something from maybe even the Greek side. We haven't seen too many Greek productions. The only Greeks I know are from Underbelly, you know. Well, there there are some Greeks in this film. Yes, <laughs> and they're treated very villi- <laughs> They're vilified. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But is this, I guess, is this Australia's answer to Warrior, you know, to brothers who aren't really brothers, though, but kind yeah, of fighting no, and... Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, but I mean, when we saw Warrior, it was more like um, a tournament kind of thing, you know, rather than this, where there's just prestige and the belt and stuff. Yeah. Um, fighting for yeah. a bogus title that we've never even heard of. <laughs> and I, I don't know of anyone, and if this is a regional title, I don't know of any boxer that I c- can come I can, that can come to my mind right now that has gone straight from amateurs to get a title shot. I think that was the film was being very cute at that point. <laughs> oh, you're forgetting about one famous boxer, Rocky. Oh, no, no, he he wasn't <laughs> an amateur though. He was fighting um in the lower cards for a long time a very low-ranked boxer and then Apollo Creed gave him a title shot because he was just a local hero sort of thing but he wasn't straight from amateur um remember that scene where they were at the car yard uh the car show or whatever yep and and Jess Murray's character Kate not a fan of violence at all which makes it a real conflict as to why she's with him because he's a boxer and a bouncer um you know at first i thought this is one of those women like bad boys kind of films yep. you know she thinks she can change them or whatever then when we have that scene where the best shot of the film i thought was when jess Murray turns at the camera in slow-mo mm. and starts walking away while the security at the car show is breaking up their fight yep do you remember that one yep absolutely 
yeah for me that was the moment of the film i thought yeah no that, that was a good scene because it um showcased so much of what the film was going for and then again it's a clash of the two cultures and her just not being able to deal with the violence that he you know exists in she just doesn't want any part of that and she's obviously trying to change him and that happens he just blows up because of his fuse his short fuse and she has yeah. to just walk away there's also a great scene in the car but again it falters a lot with the dialogue but i like it how um she goes um yeah i don't think that's a good idea what your father did um and he just goes you don't know what the f you're talking about and then the yep. film, that scene just goes awkward there and I thought that was really cool how it ended with that and then him of course having to apologise in the lecture theatre yeah, which he looked really out of place oh, there oh yeah that, that was yeah. a good interaction as well like I like that like this guy who's a uh, bouncer at the nightclub boxer coming into the I don't want to say upper middle class but you know the more educated side of community and he just looked completely out of place I wish they focused more on aspects like that that would have been really cool yeah a little more fish out of water yeah exactly maybe he could have met her parents rather than she meeting his yeah yeah maybe maybe both her parents could have said we don't approve I don't know yeah or something like that maybe that would have that would have felt more by the numbers maybe yeah Um, I thought the best line of the film I mean we've had a little go at the script which probably was workshopped quite a bit but the best line for me was when Nico has betrayed the dad and he's gone off with the promoter and uh, which wasn't a surprise really the promoter was only there because he had more connections and you know it showed him in a bar like a really crappy bar with two blondes so you know you kind of can see how awesome he is (laughs) (laughs) but um he says i treated you like my own son and he goes come on you didn't treat me that bad which i was like oh yeah yeah you know very good very well written line (laughs) out of the blue you want those kind of one two punches in a in a boxing movie you know you want you want pardon the pun you want punchy dialogue yeah 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 and um you know the dad is not really a nice man which at that point in the film we don't know anything really about his backstory yep and when he's being so stubborn, he's just, I love boxing and that's it, you know? Yeah. This is like um, one of those one of those dads who, or mums even, soccer mums, you yep. know, sideline kind of ones. I don't know, they, they push... Those mums and dads who, like, push their kids into what they love, even though the kid's not really interested. And there's a lot of you know? history with that, um, in sports particularly, where the dads, I don't know if they're failed athletes or just really driven people where they push their children to the brink like i think the biggest example is floyd mayweather jr um his father floyd mayweather senior was very aggressive like he didn't even have candy or anything his whole entire youth and what you're seeing in floyd mayweather now is the child that sort of never lived i guess the same with michael jackson the father was very Mm. aggressive and michael jackson never really had a a youth did he and that and he's a been childhood. chasing that he's always spoken he always spoke about that yeah, yeah and he's always been chasing it because he never had that um you know that that sort of dream that went away um that sort of lifestyle that he was never given the opportunity so yeah um there's it's full of that in in life in, in this particular in this modern world that celebrates celebrity <laughs> hey when um nico becomes the australian champion you know whatever um, champion title that is <laughs> middleweight featherweight whatever um he's now nico the ball mancini right and it's on like fox sports live yep and he wins the title 
Are there, is there any kind of rules about felons winning titles, like once you've gone to prison? Because I don't remember when Mike Tyson went to prison, did he come back and box again? Yeah, he was banned for a long time, but yes, he did come back um, and win uh, the title, then lost it again to Evander Holyfield. But yes, um, it's a history... Uh, boxing and all kinds of um, violent sports have all kinds of convicted felons, unfortunately. It just attracts, you know... That sort of thing. Okay. Alright, I, I wasn't sure. Because I, I wondered about that while I was watching the film. Um, and the other thing I was going to talk about was... In their relationship... He sits outside her house after they've broken up. And he's sitting there texting her, which is really creepy. Yeah. And... I suppose it was a good thing she didn't start dating anybody else. Because I think he would have killed yeah, anybody else. He would have been, know? yeah, really savage. Which makes you kind of not root for their relationship, mm. you know? Um, because you and also feel that threat. Because you feel that threat from him. And yes. you know, you feel sort of... Yeah, yeah. And it's never really spoken of, is it? <laughs> it's just implied. That's brilliant. And I'm also, yeah, I'm not sure how serious it was. Like, was it just a month or two of... Or even a month of just sort of sex between them. And I didn't see yeah. love between them. No, like I didn't say. see it love seemed, at all. I think it was just a physical... Rela- it felt like just a physical It seemed like a fling. Yeah, yeah, like a fling. Yeah. And also, I, I was thinking, if this was going to be more stereotypical, you know the whole time that it's leading towards that fight. You know, you've got your training montages, you've got everything boxing films have. Yep. Would, would it have been better to have had like a dragon the bruce lee style storyline where maybe he fought back from injury and and or that would have made their sort of love story more serious wouldn't it probably it, it, it's you know? really hard when um at that point um yeah to really redeem it i guess <laughs> but yeah you're right they could have tried little um bits of mechanics that really have worked in the past it didn't yeah, it didn't pull at the heartstrings so much. No, not at all. This way. I felt really distant with the relationship. Famously in Rocky, he's like, yo, Adrian, we did it, right? Yeah. But he was She's so likable. The whole time, yeah. you really liked Sylvester Stallone. He was just this dumb lug guy that was just down yeah, in yeah. his luck, yeah. But, I mean, she was there. You know, he yells out to her. She was there. In Warrior, I'm pretty sure she's there, isn't she? Like at the fight yep. the wife and in this film she doesn't even go to the fight where he's up for the belt you know how much could she really care like she didn't even get out of her shift she was at work sort of yeah. watching it on the <laughs> that's screen that's a really good she was... point she was working the whole time she, yeah, obviously so... it's a big moment he, she realised that for him and she I, I think she cared like oh, I hope he doesn't get hurt I hope he does alright you know but the whole time she's serving drinks while he's yep. getting knocked down, knocked down, I would have been like, oh, look, can we just stop for 40 minutes? <laughs> mm. Exactly. Just, yeah. Annoying. <laughs> so do you think at the end he's redeemed his father, he's announced his retirement, does he get the girl? I. What do you think? Well, it's left ambiguous, obviously, we should say. Yes. I think probably not. No, me either. Like, just based I on what like we've seen. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like... He's not going to change his ways. The money he's going to make from that um, title isn't going to be enough to live on at all. So, you know, he's probably going to have to live uh, at that nightclub sort of life for a long time. And he's... Yeah, I... Well, you know... The only way I'd see them getting back together would be if he goes to uni with her or something. Or Sonny gets a stable job or... Yeah. 
Well, no, just the, the uni thing would mean they'd be forced to see each other again. And that might have been a nicer way to end it. Sure. That he's at uni for something. I don't know. Like... I don't know. That would have been much exactly. more cornier for me. <laughs> I don't know. But I was just trying to strengthen the romantic sort of relationship because it was yeah. just a fling, wasn't it? It I mean, was. It was. And so that really, I think, kills your female audience. Mm. Right? Women who watch this film kind of don't care. They see the predictableness of him going to get the belt again. Great. It's a sport movie. I want to say um, the title of this film refers to something that his dad keeps telling his son and his son every time he fights an opponent who might be very scary one thing to remind them is that they're just human they've just got two fists and one heart and a lot of so um, don't be scared yeah. yeah yeah and a lot of people say a lot of trainers have like the uh, sayings like that just to motivate their fighters and and things like that my favorite it's is, an interest yeah what pat militich said to matt hughes just keep your fists up chin down you'll be fine against anyone <laughs> It's an interesting film, and I know you're a boxing fan, so I thought it would be a good one to tackle. Yeah, I, I was, there were was so many good elements with this film. Um, I, yeah, I think just the film, Australian Film Board, I, it just had their stench all over it. Like, they just really destroyed all the good things that came from the original screenplay. And I would love to ask Ray Fazio what they changed, how he felt with what they changed, and things like that. The film looks very good great boxing choreography i think people should see this film because it, uh, not just because it's an australian film but just because it merits that for me but we should say that it did fail at the box office it's very hard to find i couldn't see this on itunes at all i had to yeah, get okay. it illegally or other means um you know <laughs> um so yeah how did you I see just went film? to the i just taped it when it was on christmas eve oh really it was on uh, what channel on TV, it was on seven. Oh, it was on Channel Seven. Okay, geez, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think this will be the kind of film people discover because they're they're into Jess Murray, and this is her feature film debut. When so she when her career launches more, yeah, sure, the people will probably look back. Yeah, exactly. I think she's going to do well. I think she's going to be fine in Hollywood. Do you reckon she's the only actress or actor out of this whole film that's going to really push through? I don't. Uh, Ray Fazio could yeah he seems like a character actor like he could get um, well he's got a role in one of the underbellies he was in underbelly like one of the telly movies what's that actor who was in um, Machine the the soccer prison movie and he was also in Lock Socks Two Smoking Barrels Vinny Jones Vin Jones he could be like that like that's a very uh, uh, Pacific character role for him specific yeah. yeah I don't think he could play any other role but maybe he could be like that I know, but Ray Fazio yeah, has a really good face. He, he could, you know, he could do really well. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but I don't know about, like, I think the right role could be really good for Daniel, our sure. mom. Um, the dad, I think, was fantastic in this. Very convincing. But it is, it seems like something that he could relate to. Like, he was almost telling his own story as well, mm. you know? I feel like he was... Um, made for that role so I don't know about anything else like I'd have to see them in other things and the only person in this I've seen before really is Jess Murray so sure time will tell we'll have to maybe revisit this I was thinking uh, it would be funny to do like a war horse podcast like a version 2 kind of thing (laughs) Um, 
maybe after we see the stage play oh okay oh i like what they did here <laughs> yeah and how how much better it was than the film or whatever or read the book as well all right well we've got a segment on pod me if you can and here is the opener what should i watch lloyd So, Lloyd, uh, what do you have to recommend for us? I have to recommend Dread. Uh, I I think it was an excellent film. I missed it at the theatres. It wasn't out that long. And from what I heard, it didn't do too well at the the cinema, at the theatre. And Mm -hmm. it is excellent. Like, this... uh, Like... Forget Sylvester Stallone's film he did in the 90s, which had great production design, but really hurt the comic book, really hurt the franchise. It wasn't a big hit. It was just a very typical uh, Sylvester Stallone action film. But this one, Dread, I saw this on Blu-ray. I didn't actually watch it on 3D. I should watch it in 3D. But this film is an action film with no fat at all. You just got, here's the world, here's the good guy, here's the bad guy, and go. And that's it. It is so brilliant. Uh, there's one scene where the main... It's pretty much like a remake of The Raid. And The Raid, all it is, is this big hotel with this gangster running at this picture this big hotel block um where people live in and everything but it's run by gangsters and the gangs um and basically all the cops try to raid um the gangsters but the gangsters seal off the place um so no reinforcements can come in and the gang uh, mm-hmm. and the cops just have to fight their way to the top and that's it they're just locked in a big building up against hundreds of gangsters and they have fight their way to the top the raid is a brilliant film i think it's indonesian i can't remember which country it's from and uh judge dread or dread i should say is pretty much that exact story in this um futuristic sort of world um and the scenes are amazing there's one scene where the villain takes out these big massive miniguns and is shooting at them like crazy like these devastating guns trying to hit at them and she thinks okay they've definitely died and she sends in men to look for the bodies and all she hears is gunshots and dread coming out of the smoke throwing her second off the from the roof like so he falls like all the way to the ground dead and he just walks Mm -hmm. back into the smoke and she's just there looking going who is this guy it is brilliant it's one of the best action films i have seen since red or taken it's excellent i can't believe this didn't do well at the cinema and he never takes off that helmet. He never. Does he? What a daring role! Uh, the the actor I can't remember his name. He's been in Born. I think it's Carl Urban, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. He's been in Born Legacy. He played one of the villains of oh, Born Legacy, the Born Supremacy. <laughs> I'm getting them all confused. Um, yeah, I think he plays one of the super assassins in that, and he's been in. I know he's been in a few others. He takes this role and he never takes off his helmet. You could have cast anyone in that role, really, um, mm. with a deep voice and who physically looks good. Um, but yet he accepted it and he played the role and was willing to, to take a role where you never see his face. I gotta yeah. give him credit. Like that is amazing. You think they're gonna do a sequel? Um, they'll never top this one like they did. I said it with Taken. Really? Oh yeah, I don't think they will top it. Like I said, um, when they when the sequel for Taken was announced, I said they'll never top the first one. And uh, as far as I, I haven't seen Taken Two, but from what I heard, Taken Two was terrible. <laughs> I think uh, Dread is a great one-off action film. If they do a sequel to this, unless they make it in the same vein, if they try getting cute with it, putting backstory or anything like that, it's not going to work. Like this is literally the good guy, the bad guy, and they fight. That's all it is. There's no 
fat in this film at all. And I, I do implore, uh, I encourage people to go see this film. Get it on Blu-ray, get it on DVD, go watch it. It's brilliant. Nice one. Now I have to see it, huh? Oh, you got to see it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that is it for Pod Me If You Can this week. Next time, we will be talking Anthony Hopkins in Hitchcock and whether or not it really should have had more Oscar nominations. <laughs> anyway, that'll be episode 50, big milestone. So tune in then for Pod Me If You Can. Thanks, guys. All the best. <laughs> <laughs>